0: Hi everyone, um, so as Josh said, for those who don't know me, my name is Shirley, and been part of this community for around four years now, um, and as Josh said, I'm part of, and on staff at another church called United Church of Westville, um, that also means a lot to me. Um, but today, we are at the end of our series um, on grateful and hungry, and the topic for today's sermon is lament and celebrate. And so when I was asked to preach this sermon, I was both terrified, as I still am now, but also really grateful to just share with you some of what I've received from this community in the past four years, things that God has been teaching me through this community as I've been around this community, Um, and hopefully uh, there's something that you can take away from it as well. So um, the story that I want to start with is from the fall of 2018. That was the start of what I would say for me was a season of learning about lament for the first time. Uh, Maybe that is the case for some of you, maybe lament and celebration aren't so familiar. Before that season in fall of 2018, I would say that I was the queen of I'm fine. When people ask me how it's doing, I could be running around on campus, stressed, definitely extremely sleep-deprived, and if you saw me and asked how I was, I would definitely tell you, I'm fine. In college, I even got nominated by a peer for this award that was being given out by another club with a description that, Shirley dedicates so much of her time to debate, yet still manages to juggle tons of other extracurriculars and continues to be an amazing student, which wasn't that true. but. You'll catch her running around campus, always coming from a meal with someone or heading to a meeting. The most inspiring part about Shirley is that she handles all that schedule craziness with a big smile on her face, which is a super kind description, if only that was truly how I was doing and how I was feeling. So yeah, the queen of I'm fine. In the fall of 2018, I had just graduated the year before in 2017 from college and had been attending ECV for a year. My first year postgrad grad life um, was an important year for me with a lot of healing and processing and finally allowing myself to not be fine. But a lot of that work was being done alone. That fall of 2018, I attended a rally for Nelson Pinos, the man who'd been staying in this church for sanctuary from deportation for close to 300 days at that point. His case for a stay of deportation was being processed and was only finally won this past summer, four years after he entered the church for sanctuary. That fall, the rally was the first time in a while that I was stepping into a space of collective protest and demonstration again since college. As I stepped into that space of collective sorrow and anger, of collective lament, Something inside me broke, or something became undone. I was not fine. I had to confront my own grief, sorrow, lament, and anger that was rushing out of me to the surface. Certain things I had suppressed in the midst of, I'm fine. And also, as I was in that space of collective sorrow and anger, I was being held, Physically, as people held hands to create a human chain, each of us having been given a number representing the close to 300 days that Nelson had been in the church. My number was 272. But also, as I felt others' emotions crackling in the air, honest, open, raw, and vulnerable, I felt held in collective protest, in lament, and in something really powerful— That memory has started my journey of learning about lament and eventually celebration, which I've only been learning about recently, and I figured would be a good start for us. So let me pray for us as we dive in. God, um. God, as we sit here together as family um, in the midst of a season that is one of celebration and joy um, and family, uh, may we be able to hold the tension of both lament and celebration, God, as you call us to do. God, as we hold that tension, may we be held by you. May we feel held by you, God, as you stretch our souls to hold that tension of both. So yeah, God, help us to listen to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So for today's scripture, um, we'll look at lament and celebration in the story of the women who are witnesses to and after Jesus' crucifixion in the gospel accounts. Um, So we'll start in Matthew 27, and I'll just paraphrase a little bit of the scripture. So Matthew 27, 61 to 51 brings us to the end of the crucifixion, with Jesus drawing his last breath, giving up his spirit. The curtain of the temple is thunderously torn in two, and people are left, some in awe, and I'm sure many in confusion, and some in regret, as the count by Luke notes, And in the midst of this death and sorrow, in the midst of one of the heaviest moments in scripture, Matthew writes in verses 55 and 56. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So after the crucifixion, there is a group of women gathered witnessing this act. They had stayed near even in the midst of such devastation. And so first, in lament as well as in celebration, we need to draw near or stay near to what is happening. And as Bill said, to what is reality, whether painful or joyful. For me, in the midst of sorrow and grief, there are two things I can often try to do. The first is to avoid sorrow and grief. Um, to To witness Jesus' crucifixion feels like it would be an overwhelming pain, one that would leave me in a pit that I would never come out of. And yet, for the women, even in the midst of this pain, they remain, they witness, And as the story continues with Jesus' body taken off the cross and given to Joseph of Arimathea, who wraps the body of Jesus in a linen shroud and places him in a tomb, Joseph also draws near to Jesus, and the women continue to be there as well. As Joseph is placing Jesus in the tomb, Matthew writes, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. And the story continues. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, the third time that they're at the tomb. And behold, there is a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. So for a third time, the women are mentioned drawing near to this devastation. Two of the other gospel accounts note that this time, the women brought anointing spices with them to the tomb, meaning that they were about to anoint Jesus' dead body so that it wouldn't smell as it decomposed. So for them, as they entered into the tomb, there was no expectation of resurrection or of life. The angel says to them, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. So the woman had come to the tomb simply to mourn and to lament. The account in John gives us a closer picture of this. It gives us a picture of Mary at the tomb. So John 20 says, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, Mary said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. So Mary finds herself at the tomb undone, weeping, honest and vulnerable at the tomb of Jesus. So second, as we draw near, We are undone by what we see, and we can be honest before God and others. And so I said for me in the midst of sorrow and grief, there are two things I can often try to do. The first is avoid, and the second is I can try to keep it together. To the point where sometimes I don't even realize that I'm holding sorrow or that there is grief that I'm avoiding. In September, I found myself doing this and needed lament to help draw me near in honesty. In September, the school semester had just started, and we were finally back in person. Um, our ministry had many things to celebrate, like having our first in-person gathering again. It was outdoors and with COVID precautions, but still in-person after a year and a half. We had our first icebreakers again, which included water balloons, our first late-night code names game, and at the, during the night of that retreat, I fell asleep to the waves outdoor that night, thankful. And yet I was disoriented. We were still in the midst of a global pandemic. Millions of people had died in the past year and a half, and we got to be here vaccinated, in person, celebrating. A week later, I found myself at the ECV Tuesday night prayer meeting. I got there late, as per usual, and stepped into the sanctuary with worship music already filling the air. I found myself a seat by myself, and just wept. All of the grief that I hadn't realized I'd been holding alongside the celebration that I could name and was feeling, all of that came pouring out in lament before God. In anger, sorrow, confusion, more anger. The next couple of ECV prayer meetings that I attended, this kept happening, and even during a time of prayer during our student leadership meeting, Um, The grief came again as the lights were turned off and I was still before God. Eventually, though, um, after these times of lament, the grief slowly subsided. It also coincided with the nationwide slowing of COVID cases finally, and that was when the fall peak was finally starting to drop. And so I tell this story to say sometimes I don't even realize that I'm holding sorrow or that there is grief that I'm avoiding. Lament allows us and reminds us that we can be honest before God. It reminds us that we are not unaffected by suffering, sorrow, grief, and injustice. Lament is both a mercy and a truth. The mercy of lament is that we can be honest. We can be undone. We can lament not knowing where we're going not knowing when healing, justice, rescue will come, if they will come. In Mary's lament, she draws near to the team without knowing how Jesus will be resurrected, even if Jesus will be resurrected. In her lament, she simply draws near and is honest. The truth of lament is that as we're honest, we realize that that is more accurately our state. We do not know when healing, justice, and rescue will come. And through lament, we come to the truth in our hearts and in our guts that that's not okay. And so in lament, we are close and we are undone before God. What about in celebration? So first, as I said in the intro, I've only started learning about celebration recently. Two months ago, when I got this sermon topic, I asked God to please teach me something about celebration in these two months so that I had something to share. I think celebration has always been hard for me, and I wonder if that's because I can feel embarrassed or ashamed to celebrate. There is still so much that is broken in the world and in me, how can I celebrate? Not to mention, I feel like I have some baggage around the way of celebration and American holidays that has sometimes left me feeling outside of celebration. Can being close to God, can being undone and honest help us also in celebration? So let's return to the scriptures. Um, Resuming in Matthew, after the angel says to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. The angel continues. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them, the women, and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And in the story in John, John writes to Mary. Jesus said to her, Mary... and coming honestly before God, the women are the first witnesses of the resurrected Christ. By drawing near to God and coming honestly to God, Mary gets to hear Jesus say her name, Mary. And for us, perhaps by drawing near and coming honestly to God, we can also receive comfort and presence from God We can hear God call our names and speak to us, and we can witness resurrection. So I think God gives us something both to celebrate and helps us in our celebration. So one last story. I had said that at the beginning of, or I said that in the beginning that the fall of 2018 was a season of lament for me. That fall, um, after the rally for Nelson in October 2018, um, the Brett Kavanaugh trial began in October, a year after the Me Too movement had swept across the country and the world. And it was a year after I'd started to process things that had happened in my life, and I was plunged back into deep lament, grief, and sorrow. I wasn't fine, and except this time, I wasn't alone. This time in that month, ECV created a whole service called More Light on Sexual Assault. And as I got to prepare for that service with a group of ECVers, I was held in lament. That service, I gave my testimony, and there's a moment that I'll always remember. At some point in the testimony, as I stood up here, I became undone. I couldn't continue. Um, I was just undone before God and before our community. But after a few moments, God put me back together and I finished. And that is what lament is to me, allowing ourselves to be undone by sorrow, grief, pain, without knowing how we'll be put back together. And this is celebration to me as well, being here experiencing resurrection power being held and healed over the years since the past two months since receiving this sermon topic I've gotten to hear stories of lament and celebration from our community I've been sitting with many stories from a time from before I was a part of this community and I would encourage you to hear other stories as well And I have felt grateful to be in a community that has practiced lament. So that when I got to this community, 10 years into it, and needed to be lamented with, I was welcomed in and lamented with. In the same way, I'm hungry for celebration in this community. Just as I asked God to teach me two months ago to show me something about celebration, and just as we've been asking God to teach us something about jubilee and celebration, I'm hungry to see more of what God will do. And so, in lament and in celebration, we draw near to God. We allow ourselves to be honest, undone, and vulnerable before God. And we do that because we are held by God and we are seeking to be held in honest, vulnerable, lamenting, and celebrating community. And so to close, my invitation is simply for us in this season to lament and celebrate. And particularly um, in this one of pronounced celebration, may we hold the tension of both lament and celebration as we draw near to God and to one another. Which brings us to (laughs) communion um, And the rest of our worship service. Um, So, communion is, uh, I think, an act of both lament and celebration. Um, It is an act of us being welcomed to the table by God for us to lament the things that are not okay and to celebrate the resurrection life that we have. Um, And so, everyone can grab their communion. And so at the night um, that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, um, probably in some sorrow, but also in celebration for what is to come. And he said that this is my body broken for you. So let us take and eat in lament and in celebration. And that night he also said, this is my blood shed for you. May we drink in both lament and in celebration. And so let me pray for us, Jesus. The only way that I feel like we can be people who hold lament and celebration, God, are to be people that are held by you. And so, God, as we continue to behold you, as we continue to draw close to you, God, would we experience being held by you? God, would you, even in this space, give us the spaciousness of both being held, God, but also the spaciousness to be where we are, to be honest and undone before you in either lament or celebration, God. Um, Would you meet us where we are? Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.